The first short story, birth of a poem, his blue lipstick. Go out, write half a poem at the cafe on the corner. Go to the bagel shop for an Americano and a bite. Read. Read the newspaper, anything in the paper. It could be the obits, it could be the bloody sports section, just something to keep your mind off the poem that's been bouncing around your head like a goddamn ring around Saturn. It's a baby half out, this poem. You're crowning and you can feel every bit of it, every twist and turn. But you've got to stay cool and relaxed or you'll never get the fucking thing out. Drain the Americano dry so that you can see the porcelain bottom with the little brown rings. Order another coffee, something iced and darker to cool you off and speed you up while you try and stay calm. Iced mocha, please, with two shots. Read about the Jets, the Colts. Read about LeBron James, Tiger Woods, Dennis the Menace. Read about Sally Thompson and the ones who survived her. Read about Sally Thompson's accomplishments down to the right fucking red letter. Don't let yourself think about the poem that's coming out of you head first. Give it time to breathe. Give yourself time to relax, but don't think. Never think at a moment like this. It's too dangerous now, and you know it right enough. Just relax, mate, and you'll be right as rain. Maria sat upon a dreary midnight slog. Slap your face hard, hard on the jaw, so that you wake up and feel it. No daydreaming now. No daydreaming. The final score was 102 to 89 in last night's game at the Moda Center. Right enough. Drain the iced mocha, but fuck me if you couldn't practically throw it all over your shoulders and let it sink into the fabric of your shirt. The Rolling Stones t-shirt, but it's black. The basic design with the red tongue sticking out. So no one would notice the stains now, would they? Ice cubes all over the floor. You've dropped the cup, but no matter. It was nearly empty. You get a few looks, but who doesn't get a few looks from time to time now? Don't think of her. Whoever constitutes her is entirely irrelevant. Could be your mum, could be your sister, could be your girlfriend, your ex-girlfriend, could be the girl last week from the club who was an innocent and thoughtless lay. The girl from two and a half months ago who forced you into an existential crisis and had you questioning the spiritual things. Could be your grandma. Doesn't matter. Disregard it. It's putty in your hands. Just drop it. Focus on LeBron. Focus on Sally Thompson. Breathe in. Breathe out. By the third hour, you know it's time to keep pushing. You're scared because what the hell will it all mean once it is finally out there in the world? But you can't think about that. What will people think of it? 
How long will it be until it is walking along the threadbare carpet? What will be its first words? How will you be able to say goodbye to this cute little poem? Because you always have to say goodbye to it once the thing is out. You have to. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. Not on your life. Not in the, if the universe can help it. Robert Frost, Ezra Pound, Maya Angelou, Allen Ginsberg, Homer, Milton, all of them in their own miserable time were forced to roll off the gurney and leave it wailing there, this poem. This poem needed love and attention and feeding, but someone else would have to come along and tend to this wailing poem. Not them and not you. Walt Whitman, with downcast face and perspiring brow, shaggy Santa Claus head, forced to leave the room as his American opus is crying for milk. Pound's torn hospital gown, Angelou's fresh salty tears. It's all a part of the process, this birthing. First, the making love with yourself in a private room, your bedroom, if at all possible. The hot, bright light of an idea, the peering through to the other side of life to bring back a few artistic and transcendent threads with you to the other side. Then, the pregnancy. You know it's there and that it will take time to swill about. You just can't do anything about it yet. You are forced to stare down at your enlarged belly and wait. You must be patient, but God help you with this patience. The patience is the worst of it. Then the crowning and the birthing. The birthing is harsh and needs to be done right. But if done right, then it is a beautiful thing. The hours are long. Then the birth and the crying and the leaving. Always the leaving and every time it is painful. The editors and the publishers and the fans and the critics must rush in, and you must leave. And you will cry too, for a long time perhaps, but one day you will wake up with tears of joy because your baby has become a man and is loved, and you love your poem from afar. But you pinch yourself in the arm sharply because there is still work to be done, isn't there? It still needs to come out, this poem. You can feel it pushing now. And people in the coffee shop are looking up at you from their phones and their conversations. And you are sweating and you know it is time to leave the coffee shop now. You can understand the last part of the poem as you are racing to your apartment. You understand what it all means and what it is to, supposed to convey, but you are without paper. Writing it down on your phone would be sacrilegious. You can't have it that way. The metro is too slow. You can feel it coming. Grab the keys, rush up the stairs, slam the lights, collapse on the couch. No, but first the paper, always the paper first, and then the words. Search high and low. It's okay if you don't find it immediately. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Stay calm, but be quick about things, too. 
That release comes when the ballpoint pen touches the paper and it is like sex all over again. Your hand can't go fast enough. The ideas and the words are going and going. And with one last push, it is out. The poem is out. You collapse on the couch, even amidst the wailing. And this wailing is cacophonous. Make no mistake about that. The poem sits there on the table, genderless, taking in the world around it. You send a message to your friend about the birth, and a few minutes later you fall into a deep sleep. But no, it's not done yet, is it? Not yet, it isn't. Because your friend must come to your apartment to see the newly birthed poem with his own two eyes. And as exhausted as you are, you need this friend to come so that you can leave. The leaving is key. Your friend comes and takes the poem in his hands. You tell him the title of it, his blue lipstick. And the name sounds strange, even as you say it out loud. But nevertheless, you are damn proud of it. You brought his blue lipstick into the world. And it will learn and grow as it figures out life. But for now, you slam that apartment door behind you, and don't you dare look back. This is how it is, and this is how it always will be. And as you look at yourself in the bathroom mirror of the mom-and-pop diner, you ask yourself quite plainly, whoever said that a poet's life would be easy?